0: and enjoy the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the Black Psychologist Podcast. We're back like we never left. We want to thank everyone for being here with us tonight. Could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. I am one half of your humble and gracious host, Dr. Kyle Osborne. He is I and I am him. And of course, as you all know by now, I'm never here by myself. I'm here with the one and only hard work pays off. (laughs) Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but the good doctors do. Everyone, I give you Dr. Jason Coleman.
1: What's going on? good Oh, man, what's going on, my brother? Good to see you, man. What's going on with you?
0: Nice, brother. It's, it's uh, springtime, man. You know, it's in the middle of March. It's looking good out
1: there. Definitely, man. Um, Listen, good weather today. It's crazy because I was talking to my students about, you know, like, I, I don't even know how to dress anymore, man. Like, you know, like I come out ready for winter and you know it's, it's 60 70 degrees man the weather's been up and down it's crazy
0: it's wow doesn't it i think one yeah. week we uh beginning of one week we had snow and then uh it was like 70 degrees in about a weekend
1: yeah man yeah wow man. I, you know i don't know if that's signs of things to come or not but you know it's difficult to deal with at the least man you know absolutely i see you
0: got that apparel on go ahead and tell them where you're from tell them what you're rocking go ahead good brother. i mean
1: Of course, you know, always, you know, trying to promote positive mental health, Um, you know, definitely prioritize uh, mental health in terms of promoting that. Um, Anybody who wants to support that, um, you can find that, you know, at ShopMentalHealthClothing.com. And again, appreciate all the support we've been getting so far and the feedback. So, you know, I appreciate it, bro.
0: That's it. Go get it. Go get it. And me and you order it right now. Listen, call now. Call right now. Dr. J will send you a personalized message. Nah. No, you won't. Thank you for your support. All right. No, you won't. That's what he's going to do. All right. So y'all better stop no, playing won't. around and go do it all right so absolutely um all jokes aside we definitely want to thank everybody for continuing to support us um, uh, continuing to like continue to subscribe uh continuing the comments we love it we love the feedback from everybody so um yeah keep it coming come you know keep in with any suggestion of topics any ideas we love the conversation so we absolutely
1: appreciate it
0: jd anything else before we get started bro
1: I definitely just want to, you know, thank everybody for taking the time to watch and listen. really appreciate it. Um, You know, we're going to try to take it to the next level, 2022. So just appreciate the support.
0: Yes, sir. All right, Jay. So it's getting ready to be movie season. You know, be heading into the spring, into the summer. You know, it's going to be movie season. All right. Uh, Question for you. Did you see Black Panther?
1: I saw it twice.
0: There you go. That's what I like to hear. All right. So, the director of that movie, the the great Ryan Coogler, all right, experienced some recent issues when he was uh, trying to do his banking in Atlanta, all right? Mm -hmm. So, while at a Bank of America in Atlanta, this happened, I think, at the end of January of this year, the director was mistaken, okay, quote, unquote, mistaken, Mm -hmm. all right, for a bank robber as he tried to take out money out of his own account at his own banking institution. All right. So this is how it went down. So Cougar says that he used his debit card in connection with the withdrawal slip. He entered in the pin code and he also showed the bank clerk his ID card. He was wearing a hat, sunglasses and a face mask. You know, it is it's covid right Mm -hmm. that's kind of a thing you kind of have to wear a mask um and he also wrote in the instructions for the bank teller on the back of the withdrawal slip stating that he would like to withdraw his twelve thousand dollars in cash that he was withdrawing um from his checking account now on the note he also said please do the money count somewhere else he likes he would like to be discreet okay so the bank teller okay her, uh, the police report said that she received a notification on Cougar's account, uh, alerting her that the withdrawal request was a high risk transaction, okay, which she called a red flag. So, with that, so she said that also is, um, Cougar's attire, his attire was skeptical, okay. Like I said, he had the shades on, he had a hat on, and he said those were all red flags that they look for in the bank. That this is according to the clerk, okay. All right, so. Um, she proceeded and she told her manager and, and she told a foreman. And so in her, um, in her decision making, she decided to call and alert the police. Okay, so the police came. Uh, they, they entered the bank, and on even when they arrived, they noticed that there was a van or vehicle parked out front. Right? And the driver, when they approached the, the, the per the driver of the vehicle, the driver said that, Yeah, I'm here with Ryan Coogler. he's a film director. Um, and he's like making a withdrawal from his account. And there was also a woman sitting in the car, um, who was his nurse, I think his uh, his his kid's nurse or the baby's nurse, and she told the, the cop the same information. However, the police proceeded and arrested both the driver and the person in the car and then transferred them into a police car. All right. And so then they brought Cougar out out of the bank in handcuffs. So they went to the bank, guns drawn on him, cuffed him, and then took him out and put him in a police car. All right. So... After a while, things got squared away, um, even though he had pleaded, you know, with the cops and saying, listen, you know, this is my money, it's is my bank, so on and so forth. They asked him if he had ID. He said, I have ID. I gave it to the teller. Um, and then eventually, you know, he's like, you know, the police, they let him go. And he said, oh, this is a mi- big misunderstanding, so on and so forth. The bank apologized. Jay, what do you make out of all this, this whole ordeal?
1: I mean, honestly, I got more. I just got more questions than like outrage, right? Number one, for a bunch of reasons. One, like he gave his reaction to it a couple of times, right? And he's not, he said that Bank of America squared with him, right? So again, I'm not saying it wipes the whole slate clean, but, you know, I, I, I got a hard time being more outraged than him about the situation. But there's a lot of factors, right? And the reason why I say I got more questions than is number one, bank account would be a lot for me right but in the middle of a city like atlanta you know um it doesn't necessarily seem like not it doesn't seem like an outstandingly crazy amount of money you know what i mean um with the amount of money that's flowing through atlanta right now right. It could be flagged again this is why i say i got more questions than answers but because than outrage because i don't even have a problem with being at the high risk transaction i would have thought that. You know, kind of bringing the manager into the situation would have been the end of the would have been the end of it, right? You would have thought that a manager would have been able to look at the transaction, especially know look at the ID that the person has given, right? Um, and kind of sort that situation out. I honestly, when you tell me that she that it was flagged high risk and then she kind of um went and got her supervisor, I don't blame her anymore. Right, I blame the manager. Right. Because honestly, like th- this seems like a very normal transaction in a lot of different cities around, you-, you know, a lot of different cities and countries around the United States. You can't tell me that there's not people coming into banks every day getting cashier's checks for twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You know what I'm saying? So, um, again, so I don't even get to- from what, what I understood,
0: said? from what I understand, what was reported is that. She, the foreman and the manager, wanted like to talk more w- with Ryan about the issue. She, imp- you know what I mean, emphasized that she wanted to call the cops because she said it didn't sit right. Because she said she was pregnant and I have to protect my child and I have to protect my safety. So she was adamant about calling the cops. The clerk was.
1: The clerk gets who is on lower on the hierarchy than the, than the manager goes and get manager and. The manager is deferring to the clerk's decision uh, or or the bank teller's, you know, um, that sounds crazy. But again, if it proceeded that way, then we could see what resulted in the the mess that resulted in. Um, Because, again, you have a person that's making decisions out of like fear of their own safety. Right. And it's not even really logical decisions. So I didn't even get to the race aspect of it because. I don't know how much that played a role. You know what I mean? Call accountability with the police when they need accountability, right? But if you call the police and say somebody's robbing a bank, when they get to the bank, they're not going to be doing interviews. They're going to secure the bank. It's like calling a SWAT call on somebody's house, right? When they're not doing nothing, the the SWAT office is going to come secure before they determine that it was a BS call, right? So I I place the largest amount of fault, you know, with the bank employees on this one
0: the interesting part and when you mentioned race is that the clerk was african-american she was an african-american female and the police officers i believe that arrived were also african-american
1: that's why you didn't even hear me bring it up because again there's so many other factors when we talk about just poor decision making i didn't that's why i said i didn't even get to that because it's not it wasn't about the mass it wasn't about the he wrote. Wasn't about any of that because I don't walked into a bank with a hat on, mask on, everything. We all look like bank robbers, you know what I mean? But this right. was about, you know, how the policy um, was executed poorly, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it just seemed like again someone's making this decision out of fear. I mean, overall, this situation failed on a lot of different levels. It right. failed. You know, at, at the the bank clerk at her level, or failed in the managerial level. It failed at, you know, the um, the the police authority level because there was just a lot of things that wouldn't have made sense. Like at some point, I'm thinking that common sense or some type of rational thinking or problem solving thinking is going to kick in, right? Like if someone, I I, I get like certain at certain banking institutions. Like when you're withdrawing a certain amount, an alert or a high risk goes on. Sometimes it's over like a thousand, sometimes not a thousand, sometimes it's over like ten thousand, sometimes it's fifteen thousand, depending on the bank. However, if you're a bank clerk and you're suspecting that someone's robbing you, I'm not sure if they're going to give you their ID. Do you see what I mean? He was also using his bank card i agree with you a hundred percent right like he put in he put in the bank code like he put in his his his, uh his pin code right so there's just a lot of things where like just some like just some thinking some analytical or some rational thinking skills has to come into play of like okay you know he's wearing the mask but again we're all wearing masks There. Bank of America doesn't have like a policy about dress code where people can't come in wearing hoodies or wearing all these other different things. So at some point in time, I'm just thinking like, all right, w- when are we going to start like, you know, bringing in some some common sense thing here? You know what I mean?
1: I mean, and that's why I find it very hard to believe that this proceeded. It sounds like to me. a a, a bank teller that overreacted right out of fear. Right. But I find it very hard to believe that you bring a manager, a foreman and a bank teller, three people together, analyzing what they should do. And the bank teller says, I think we might be being robbed. I got an ID, bank card, he put in the number and he filled out a withdrawal sheet. Somebody out of those three has to say, this doesn't feel normal robbery. <laughs> right. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so that's why I just say, comment to me. It seems much more of like, uh, you know, I'm in a situation that I feel is uncomfortable. The button, call the police, and then the manager and every people that is I'm talking to them about what happened in the course of everything going on. But it does not seem like it. It kind of sequentially kind of proceeded in that order because if so, then they have the word manager ever. you know what i'm saying but you know yeah it 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 was definitely
0: it was a failure on on a lot of different fronts there so um you know i my hat goes off to to mr kugler um for handling the situation with such grace and professionalism because i know a lot of other people wouldn't have i'm not even sure i would have um so but absolutely this shouldn't happen on for a, a variety of different reasons some you just mentioned and some i just mentioned um uh, but jay we got a, a special guest that's that's uh that's coming through all right you know? so we're about, about, about to let this person through all right welcome oh,
1: he, he called he called you
0: all right he's coming in he's coming in now he's, trying to, he's, okay. he's connecting I think he's connecting this, you know, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into the Black Psychologist Podcast. We have a guest. Okay, this gentleman goes by the motto: "Use your hands like a man, don't go out like a chump, never fuss, <laughs> bench press so you stay pumped." Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Eric Strassman. How are you, sir? What's up? What's up?
1: So this is Kyle, right? Absolutely. How welcome are you? Welcome, welcome, welcome. And Jay, what's up? Hey, what's up, man? How, how cool are you doing? you're like we want to welcome, we welcome the baldest whitest dude we can <laughs> to
0: our podcast <laughs> hey man listen anybody bald is good with me you know what i'm saying oh yeah i feel it I, man. I
1: feel it. i'm out I'm like now. Style, man definitely hey e, take a minute um introduce yourself let everybody know what you do and um is the fight still is there still a fight this saturday
2: Fights actually actually uh, Friday. And then uh, we yeah, got Ice so. who's fighting on Saturday, but Zay is fighting on Friday. That's huge. So, so pro- promote. So yeah, promote, man.
1: back on oh, it. Sure. And then um, yeah, promote, so, promote, promote. The, go. Yeah,
2: so. so let's do it. So uh, so my name is Eric Strassman or Coach Strassman. Uh, I've been coaching 11 years. I'm more of a performance coach, but uh, with 11 years, just like you guys can imagine me in your fields, I've learned a lot. So there's uh, very few things I can't do. So I might be a performance guy. But uh, I could be a weight loss guy. Uh, I could be, um, you know, a rehab guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I, I just think I'm a, I'm a guy who likes to learn and likes to take new challenges. And one of the cool things about it is I've always been um, been an athlete. And I think I've always thought it was cool to be able to, like, exercise and see what exercise can do for me. And uh, what's cool is I found a way to make money doing it. And you can't always do that, you know. So hey, I feel blessed. Um, I'll talk a little bit just real quick. So on Friday, uh, team wise, Isaiah wise, uh, who is a vocal, uh, pro boxer from Starbury mansion has a fight at the 2300 arena, which is in South Philly. And I just can say that, um, you know, being sort of a fan first and then having the opportunity to be uh, a strength conditioning coach for him, his fights are fun. So anybody who's looking to get out on a Friday night and see a fight, I'd heavily recommend that in Philly. And, uh, in AC, we got ice fighting who's Chris Brooker, who uh you kind of look at his uh look at his his fights in general. This is another guy who likes to bring it and he's actually getting better. So it's cool to be able to say that there's two guys I'm working with. But you know, uh Jason, you're gonna be at a fight on Friday?
1: I think so, man. I think I'm coming. You know. You know. I'm always dead. I think I'm coming. I love it. I love it. didn't even
0: thing. tell me about the fight. That's that's what I'm I'm more heard
2: about. Well, so he's, now, he told you know me he needs some time off from you a little bit. I haven't gotten to meet you yet, now, But but he said you're a lot. I can be. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm in, I'm intense. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I made all that up, but it felt yeah. right. You know this this is how so, we do when you when you ball when you're part of the ball mafia. This is how we are. We're intense. You know. So, so we're really intense. I was so just to
2: and I walked I walked back from the gym. So. I feel pretty good. If uh some of the things I looked up uh hold true, it seems like my uh my attention should be great for at least another hour, right? Exercise, they said at least two hours after your focus is great. So, you know, one of the many benefits of working out and uh and, and and exercise in general.
1: All right, so we're gonna have um we're gonna have some questions for you. So it's good that you're on. Um so it's just in time, too. We're gonna we're about to go into the next article.
2: Absolutely. All right. And and one of the things I want to ask you guys, just in general, too, just kind of right off off the bat, if it's cool, if you don't mind me asking you guys a question. Go for it. So in my field, I tend to find that the more I dig into the concept of somebody being successful in performance, I find that there is a huge mental component. Right? And would you say that these two fields... In some cases, are highly linked.
1: See now, e we going into the we going into the article. See now that this is what this is what we're talking about. So let's. Well, I I agree. First of all, I do. Um, there's tons of research that connects exercise and mood. You know what I mean? Whether it be um, whether we're talking about mood disorders, whether we're talking about anxiety, or whether we're talking about doing exercise as a like a part of your treatment plan. So. These are definitely, um, that's part of one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on because um, these are two areas that often overlap, right? Whether we talk about mental health, uh, physical health, exercise, nutrition, um, all of those things. And
2: and it's it's interesting, right? Like, one of the things I've talked about this, and I've had a chance to kind of go this direction for a while, there was a big period of time where when I first recognized that there was a major connection, it seemed like. John Berardi, who was getting into nutrition coaching for he's the precision nutrition guy, he he basically had recommended motivational interview. And he essentially talked about this challenge that he found when it came down to working with his clients and trying to figure out why some were successful and some weren't. And I thought that was really one of the coolest things was here was a guy who was uh, sort of a nutrition guy who was pitching to uh, strength conditioning coaches and trainers, but he was essentially using one of the most important pieces of literature that probably someone early in their psychology, uh, you know, in their psychology development would want to
1: learn. Right. But that yeah. now that makes sense though. Right. Especially totally when does. you look at, when you look at the history of like that technique, right. And what it started out being used for and then a variety of different like conditions and behavioral kind of challenges disorders that is used to help people with right um so those techniques are invaluable you know Um, and i thought it was interesting
2: i was gonna say like i remember seeing some of the research and like it was almost like they broke down all these reasons for why somebody might be successful or might be able to you know finish a treatment plan or get what they want and then there was almost a small portion where they went yeah. And then some people just woke up one morning and decided that they were done quitting smoking. So, like, with that base, like, it was just interesting how they were like treatment plans. And then there was just like that one person, like that trained individual. They're like, yeah, they just changed. <laughs> hey, man, it, it's it's cool. listen,
0: listen. Yeah, it's a real cool concept like with the, the motivational interpe- interviewing aspect, because essentially what it does is like finding out where that person is at. Right. So you as like even the trainer or us as even as clinicians is finding out like, all right, what are some of the things that are motivating what this client is trying to accomplish, right? So if it's like, all right, well, if this person is motivated by external factors, are they motivated by internal factors? Are they motivated by their family? Are they motivated? And it's good for you to know that kind of going in of where this person is, because, you know, as a trainer or even as clinicians, we want to make sure that we're not doing more work than the person is, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So that's what I think is so cool. And like Jay was saying, it's like it's able to be expanded into like such Other different areas of life, especially when you're talking about like your your physical health or your mental health. Cause now it's like, okay, we can use the certain things that this person is, right? We can see like where they're at and whatever they're motivated for, what's motivating them. And then we can utilize that, right? We can use that. And for some people, like you said, there are some people who just kind of maybe might wake up and be like, Oh, you know what? I'm ready to done. I'm I'm, I want to stop smoking. And then it might be the other person who's kind of at a certain point where they're not ready for that next level of training or that next level of treatment because that's just not where they are right now. You know, so like the MI, the motivational interviewing is like such a great concept that like Jay mentioned has been expanded in such so many other different areas. But it's so helpful to have that information,
2: you know, and that's sort of what blew me away was like, you know, the reason why that course was so important to me was. It it led me understand that like he really got in this concept of like one step a day, right? And so like, that was it. It was like take a multivitamin. Is it because a multivitamin is so great? Nah. I mean, multivitamins are cool. But if you can get someone to take a multivitamin and they agree that a multivitamin is important and they can make that step, it's amazing how it seems like they're more geared towards doing it. But also after a while, once that becomes a habit, they don't really have to think about it. And I think when it comes down to it energy right like when you have to think right and you have to actually make it a thing it costs you energy but when it's like second nature you're more ready for maybe another thing right which is what's really kind of interesting about that style of approach and I think why they become so successful because they they make it simple and they don't ask for a lot it's like small steps and just hope the person can sort of take the next one without doing what a lot of people do Yo, E, I want a workout plan, you know, and it's like, yo, e, I want a diet plan. And I'm like, so you want me to write up a whole
1: thing for you to eat? And so, what do you normally eat? Well, I don't even eat breakfast. So, you want me well, to see, eat breakfast? <laughs> well, see, that's again, right? That's where you're going to get the common thread that's going to run through your field, my field, and any, because I, somebody could walk into my office and say, I don't want to feel like this anymore, right? Now, okay. I can have all the information, but Again, like Kyle said, right. You don't want to be in a situation where you're doing more work than a person. Right. So listen, I don't want to get off. We got to stay on track. But no, he's good.
0: That's good, Jay, because he mentioned up. he mentioned something like really important, which I was going to relate to. It, right. Because in the article, as far as like for the benefits between exercise and um, like reducing mm-hmm. anxiety. Right. You mentioned like, OK just doing like taking like a multivitamin or doing something just for the day. Right. And one of the tips that they talk about in an article is some exercise is better than no exercise. Right. Would you agree with that sentiment?
2: Like without a doubt. Um, I, I think there's just something to accomplishing a task in your day, no matter what it is. And if somebody mm-hmm. feels like exercise is something important to them, just the fact that they can cross that off the list, that's the first thing. Just the idea to them, that's great. Now let's talk about this. When they exercise, something great happens inside of their body, especially if they exercise in a way that is worthwhile. Now granted, that can be huge. And if we go into my world, we can go crazy with that. But maybe just sort of sticking right to it. If a person comes in, And they are able to do, let's just say it's a little bit of strength training, and they're able to do something like a few sets of squats, right, a few presses of some nature, right, and recruit multiple units. What's cool is inside the body, the body has to, like, create these synergies, right, and I think from a body chemistry standpoint, it's huge what, what goes on, but I think it's also amazing because a person, for whatever reason afterwards, feels like they can do things better because they can. So they're actually strengthening these signals. And it's weird, but it's like exercise in a lot of ways is about creating the right kind of signaling in your body to a, to a basically uh, finish up a task, accomplish a task. And I think that that would be the reason why I think it's so important. So whether it be running, which is obviously, a it can be a complex thing. So running on a treadmill or something, or, uh or some kind of lifting, or even, you know, look at something like yoga. Yoga is rather complex in nature also. So there's something to being able to get the body to work that way. And and what it's looking like is it seems like it strengthens your brain, like actually can make your brain bigger and can protect those. Uh, What is it? Is it tell me if I'm wrong about this, but it's like, say, the hippo, hippocampus, I think is one of the spots. It seems like it gets larger, gets stronger. You can protect that, which tends to have some of the risks of dementia and that kind of thing. So it, it seems like a little bit of that even just done for 15 20 minutes in a day if that's all you had on a regular basis seems like that could really help you in the long term assuming you want to
1: be here for a while. Let me ask you this because I was going to save this question but I'm gonna ask you now So I have a lot of people that I talk to that come to my office and you know uh, most people are interested in exercising right but a lot of people have anxiety. Right. About either about getting started, either because of their size or because of, you know, their ability level or whatever. Right. So what would you suggest in general? And I know this is like a crazy general question, but for people that are beginners. Right. And want to start getting their body moving. Right. um, What is like some easy exercises or easy things that they could do, you know, to get themselves moving and kind of start practicing uh, better, like more healthier habits?
2: I think it's a great question. So anxiety is kind of like the first thing I might look at there and say, if somebody's got anxiety, like if it's maybe just anxiety about the gym, then that could be deeper, right? Like it could go back down to like gym class was really horrible to them, right?
1: I'm and just talking, I'm just talking about the person that's just kind of anxious about oh, I'm going in the gym around these guys that are already left in, and you know, sure. that type of Well, no, but I I just kind of wanted to attack
2: something. It's just, I'm just going with a part of logic and I promise I'll get right to what you were asking me. And again, you could cut me off if I need to be a little bit more to the script. But I just, the reason why I was gonna say is this. Some people come to you and they're like type A's and they're stressed out all the time. And the interesting thing about that is they'll come to a, a training session so revved up that a lot of times for me, I realize that they're carrying all this stress that already exists in their life and everything else. And it's funny they're asking to do a stress-inducing activity, right? Training is stress. So the interesting thing at first is I love the idea of somebody being willing to do, say, five minutes of deep uh, diaphragmatic breathing first, right? And okay. my reasoning on this is. If I can get somebody to actually do the diaphragmatic breathing and relax and get into a more parasympathetic state, the interesting thing is they'll be better for a session. Now, let's say we get somebody who actually is in a parasympathetic state, but actually just goes, dude, the gym's a scary place to go into, and I don't feel like I know as much as everybody else, and I don't feel comfortable. I'd ask for two things. One, I always think the first thing you probably should consider doing is actually considering hiring a professional just because... There's something about somebody who knows what they're doing, guiding you through it, where you feel like you're in good hands. The anxiety is gone because that person is actually making the choices. I mean, honestly, it would kind of be like in a way, like when somebody wants to come in and work out by themselves, it would be like if I told you that I was going through depression, but I went through YouTube and I did a bunch of cool uh, self-help, a couple of self-help videos, and then I paid attention to the psychologist who went on there. And I think I'm fixed. In a weird way, it's like, I might be able to help myself. But there's probably something that the eye of a professional can help with. Now, what I will answer the question with is, I think I want to go back to the idea of, if you're going to the gym, what are you doing? Um, What do you feel comfortable with? What do you gravitate to? Because if you get somebody, for instance, who goes into a gym and they feel like being in the gym is about, say, working out, maybe like, I would say that there are, a couple of exercises that I think in there that are kind of hard to mess up, but I would I would argue this: if I got somebody on a machine, we would go back into the isolating thing, which I don't think forces us to recruit at a high enough level. So in a weird way, the effects of the exercise wouldn't be as great. But if just getting into the gym and putting your gym clothes on and coming into the gym and actually um, and actually like making it there and then feeling like you did something was important. I can see maybe going sort of machine to machine if you were brand new. Walking on a treadmill is pretty simple. The elliptical is pretty easy to kind of get through. Um, I think those are easy ones. If we're getting okay. into some strength training, I would say that being able to do a bodyweight squat, being able to do a plank, those would be two things I would look at. Because if you know how to do those two things, there's a lot of pieces that we can put on top of that. So I would say like a plank, being able to hold a plank, that's the root of doing a push up rhythm. Really. Right, and one of the reasons why people are afraid of like having, say, old people, you know, which I like sometimes say, forty isn't over. Sometimes these articles to make it seem like if you're forty, you shouldn't do pushups,
1: right? Nah, man, come on, man. Yeah, well, no, yeah, right? I, literally, I know a physical therapist who wrote Kyle, that
2: article. Kyle, his... How many
1: pushups can you do, man? You want, you want me? to tell mod- me?
0: You want me to be modest, oh. or you want me to no, show? Eric, you Eric,
1: I, Eric, I know you. I know you can do it. <laughs> I'm not asking you. I'm not asking you anything about pushups. Kyle, <laughs> how many pushups can you do?
0: I can do about a hundred uh,
1: man. <laughs> all right, All right, all right, all right. Means- all right, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you. I that thought way. he was gonna tell you I could do one to a
2: hundred like my buddy used to, trying to get you to bet on it. And then as soon as he would get down, oh, one to two hundred, and then as soon as he makes the bet,
1: he'd get down there, he went and they knock one out. He's like, I told you I could do one yeah, to two hundred. No, listen, man, listen, man. I listen, you know we come from that era, so i you always you, you got to be able to knock out them push-ups 20 25 clips, at, you know?
2: At, at the very least. I think so. And, and you know, here's the interesting thing. The push-up is, again, it's a it's a plank that allows you to move around it. And I think it's a great exercise for people to do. The difference is some people have a tendency to be kind of rounded. So there's some kind of things that as a coach, I look at it, and I want to make sure that they have range of motion. And that's maybe the biggest thing I can say. For you guys, the same way I believe That You guys feel like it's so important for that person to come to you initially and be able to communicate with you and for you guys to actually put together a plan. I'm sure you have an assessment process of some nature that allows you to understand where they are. I mean, I just I I feel like from hearing you guys, you have something for me as a coach. It's the same thing. I say I get some people that say this strange thing to me and say, I'm gonna come see you one of these days. I just got to get in shape first. Yeah. And I'm like, "Wait, wait, 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 hold on. Hold
1: on. Yeah. So that's. I would need get. I would. I would be that guy.
2: And I would look at you and I'd say, "Listen, professional, sir. Um, I totally understand where you're coming from. The difference is, if you can get you more prepared for what I want to do with you than I can, I shouldn't be in a job.
1: Right. And
2: right. and and that's it. And and someone then tells me, "Yeah, yeah, but I just got to get in that state." And I said, "Okay, we got to get you in the state of mind. I'm all right with that. Let's figure out what what we need to do." to make you believe you're ready to sort of hit that switch. Right. And that's kind of the key to it is getting somebody to feel like it's time. And maybe that goes back to, you know, for me, I, you know, I don't have a lot of tools in that way, the way you guys do, but that's kind of the thing that jumped out so much to me with motivational interviewing or or anything like that. Just trying to understand how you could get an individual to, uh, to hit the switch and believe it's, it's good. It's going to happen. This is it, and and if you can get them to take those steps, I think we're ready to rock and roll.
0: Speaking of like you said, that state of mind, right? Do you think it's helpful to set like a realistic expectations like going into it? Because I feel like people go into it like you said, man, make me a plan. I want to be, you know, I want to get ripped. I want this by. I want to be looking like this and by a month. I want to be jacked. Like, do you, you know, and um. then. A couple of now, days into real- it, to get overwhelmed, like what? Do you feel like it's helpful, like to to have those expectations at a realistic level? You, that's such a great question.
2: And yeah, look, you tell me this: if you're slinging anything, then you might just try to take the money and run. But if you're good at what you do, you absolutely owe it to the individual, you owe it to humanity, to just tell the truth. If somebody mm-hmm. doesn't know, they're just asking you. So if you tell them the truth and they say, Well, listen, I wanted results in one week, and you told me I couldn't get it, I'm gonna go somewhere else. You're doing both you a favor, right? You know, because you know when you don't get them in one week, when you don't get them results, they're gonna tell everybody you suck. And they're not gonna <laughs> even tell them that you didn't get them results in one week. They're gonna tell them that like you just didn't do it. So they're gonna think you were training for a year or something, right? <laughs> so you're better off just being honest and saying, Listen for what you're trying to do, this is roughly how long it takes. And if, when you have the background that I do, if I got drastically deconditioned because of essentially what I was telling you guys, what I've built in my body and those connections I've made, any athlete in general, those connections, it's a lot easier to get back if I fell off. Right. Right. And what's great that you could say to someone who's worried, yeah, but if I start, and I start making progress and I lose it, I'll feel bad. Sure. But it'll be that much easier to get it back. And that's the key to it is if you build something good, it'll be less likely that you don't want to have it. So a lot of people are like, kind of like building on top of progress. Those mm-hmm. people are usually the people that go, as long as I don't eat junk food tonight, right? I won't eat it tomorrow. But if I have that piece of chocolate, I'm going to go off the wagon, right? right. Well, that kind of approach seems to really work with people. And I, that's what I would say: is building. Proper and fair expectations is really what any coach trainer owes to an individual who comes to you. You must be honest with them. And I think if you're honest, the two of you can come up with a plan, right? It may take a while. It may be they're not ready for it. But I think a lot of times if you can outline it and you can show people that you know how to get them there and you can really kind of show them the steps, they're usually going to stay on with you. They might have wanted it in a week. But if you can tell them where they're going to be in 6 weeks and they believe it and you get them there. And then 6 weeks later you get them there. They're staying on. But you know what's crazy they keep doing it. Next thing you know they look like you and then you find out they quit their job as a day trader and now they're uh, a trainer and you're like, "Really?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> out there they're doing pull-ups on the on the traffic yeah. light side like, "Okay, all right." Yeah. And, you, and it's awesome cuz like you helped them get there and at the same time you're like, man like that was that was amazing <laughs>
0: yeah. i believe that that reduces their anxiety one like you said they're not putting their expectations of i want to look like this and when they in the expectations or when they don't hit that mark they get discouraged or these other different things that come into play like you said you're individualizing like it sounds like what's going to be good for them right like you guys are mutually creating you know um a plan that's going to work for them so like you said you say hey you're in six weeks, we can have you looking like this based off what you know your schedule is, based on what you eat, blah, 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 blah. Right. And once they hit that six weeks and they look like like what you guys discussed, boom,
2: right? Magic. Yeah, and, it, and, and here's an interesting thing too. I think people more than the looks, I mean, there's always this idea like you want to look great naked, right? There's like always that. And like some people make it seem like that's the only reason why people go to the gym at all. Right. But I think some people just want to feel like. They know what they're doing. And then it's interesting, right? Think about that gigantic burst of energy that you get when you have what you consider to be a great training session or a great workout. And listen, play basketball, right? That to me, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're a ball player, a lot of times I got guys that come back to me and we Mm -hmm. just kind of do more like corrective work to make sure that they're like striking properly and like their body's ready for the impact of basketball. But like, if you're a, a ball player or something like that, play basketball, it's amazing how great you feel. You get done, you're like, oh my God, life is great and all. Those endorphins that you get, it, it's huge. And I think that that's it. If you can teach somebody how to do that for themselves, like how they can go and basically find a way to be productive and exercise and, and, and get their body moving, it's kind of cool. It's like a skill that they can have forever, right? Yeah. And I think that that might be the big thing is, that might be a big thing you're saying to them is you're anxious right now because people who are at the gym seem like they know more than you, even though you don't know that you just walked into a gym that just opened up and everybody's a beginner, right? And think about it. It's like the first day of school. If you come into school, let's say you're a new kid that's there. You don't know who all the other new kids are. You just think you're the only new kid and everyone's looking at you. Well, what's crazy is most of the people who are in school, weren't even really paying attention to you, right? They were like, right. they were worried about, did they get their homework done? Was that girl looking at me and all? What's for lunch? So I think what's interesting is, I don't think most gyms, people are as into you as you are sort of into what you're trying to do. But I think if you come in with a game plan, you come come in with a game plan and you are at some point confident that it's going to work, it's going to really help you. And I think as you get there, if you're there for three or four weeks, I think you'll start to realize that maybe some of the people you thought were looking at you, Mm. they're just doing their own. I mean, everybody's on their own quest. Right.
0: I think that's what you just described is like the spotlight effect, right. Of what we call it, especially like you said, you think when you go into any environment, everyone's paying attention to you, right. You think everyone's going to notice the stain on your shirt. You think everyone's going (laughs) to notice, you know, all these other different, you know, things that you're concerned about. And then it just becomes heightened. And I think like you mentioned, The gym is a really good example. And you mentioned um, like the feeling right that you experience. Right. Because that was something that the other article um, that Jay had mentioned to us about that feeling. Right. Like talk to us more about that, you know, the the difference between how most people feel or how you can feel from. Before you start your workout to after you finish, like what's what's you know something that and you know that you've either personally experienced or it's like some of your clients have experienced as far as like that mood, that change of mood, that change in just their despair their whole energy that you've noticed after because that's a huge link between you know exercise and mental health is that that change of you know that increase in mood and 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 you know that Im- improvement as far as the mental health. Talk to us all about what you've seen or experienced.
2: Well, so it's cool. The you could get somebody coming to you, and you'll be like, "Hey, Dana, how are you?" I'm here. <laughs> like, yeah, the that good old stock are.
0: answer, right?
2: <laughs> you are okay. Well, we're gonna get started. I, I, I think it's gonna be good. Well, this is gonna be good. We'll, we'll, we'll make it better, you know. And then you're like, "Cool, let's go." And then what you you get them moving, and you you basically throughout the course of a session, as you start picking certain exercises and you know there's for me it's like there's a script right like a lot of times like we're going to do probably some foam rolling we're going to do some you know active stretching then we're going to go do some dynamic stretching which might be like lunges and body weight type things or maybe we're just practicing a specific lift at a lighter weight or something and then we get a few sets in and what's funny is i'm here then turns into how that look you know and then. After that, it's like, you know, you get a few more uh, sets in and they're like, so, uh, so how was your weekend? Okay. And then sure. you start getting, getting moving a little more and they're like, uh, oh, how that, yeah, that was good, right? Oh, man, I'm telling you. And I got a new goal for us and all. You know, I know we just did 185 there and all, but I'm going to get 225. And you're like, really? And then by the time they're done and all, that was awesome. That's great and all. So I can't wait for Thursday. And you're like, that's awesome. And they come walking out and they're like, looking like Ric Flair, like, Woo! you know, <laughs> And I think that comes down to the, uh, the whole neurotransmitter thing. Right. And yeah. my understanding is you get some serotonin, some dopamine, uh, was it the, uh, noradrenaline. So like you get that effect and I love it, man. It's like, there's something to it. an individual who gets out there and gets a chance to move and sort of, uh, Kind of medicates himself
1: naturally in a way, right? Excellent, that's excellent, man. I mean, listen, that's um, you you answered my question without me even asking, like, that's excellent. I mean, that's you just illustrated what the article was talking about, right? When we talk about because, again, you know, like, one, one thing I tell people is the best way, you know, that I know, you know, um, or one of the best ways to get yourself started in terms of like relieving symptoms of depression, anxiety is to get on the ground, right. And do some exercises, um, because of a lot of things, right. Because again, it's impossible for our body to exist in two States. Right. So that person that you're talking about goes from being irritated and angry to relaxed and eventually happy. Right. Because you're, you're doing a bunch of different things, right? Like you're distracting their mind cognitively. You're talking to them, right? They're engaged in another activity. So they're distracted. And then physically their body is being challenged, right? Um, and your body is under stress. So with all of those things going on, it's impossible for them to hold on to the stress of the day or whatever they were angry about when they walked in and initially encountered you, right? So that's, that's why I said it's, that was perfectly laid out because, um, you know, we definitely wanted to t- kind of touch on and get your perspective, definitely on, on you know how exercise impacts mood, right? Um, so that's pretty I
2: appreciate it. And again, I you know, for me, it's fun because you know, I I'm I'm geeked up about doing this because again, I love the link, and uh, j- I'm taking notes. So you know, but you see me over here like <laughs> when you say something like that, I'm taking notes. So you know, it's just an opportunity to learn from you guys as well. I mean, it's huge to me. Um, I want to bring this thought up. I remember starting to do rock climbing because i was going to do a savage race and savage race is just like one of those big mud runs
1: and i remember it's just like right, is it like um is it like a tough mudder or something different yeah, yeah so it's basically okay.
2: tough mudder and you gotta understand me i'm not a big fan of like huge distance so I, this one was about six mile run and a ton of obstacles so that that gets me more excited right because i want more of the obstacles i don't want to run like 10 miles i want to run you were. I would love like the three mile one where you just like just knock out an obstacle like that's just kind of my thing like an obstacle every couple of minutes but the um the rock climbing that I was doing I did it because I wanted to be good at one of maybe there were like three obstacles there that I knew I was going to need it for there was like these bars that you were going to do something with but there was actual climbing that had to be done and I have a little bit of a fear of heights but I also get a kick out of heights so I was at one of the rock climbing gyms And I decide to start working my way up. And once I get past a certain height, it starts feeling like I'm really up there. And what's cool is I start noticing the music a little bit, but I start realizing that whatever I was thinking of that day really didn't matter because now it was on a quest to get up to the top. To get to where I want to get to, to not fall off because I didn't want to fall. I don't care who's spotting you, you still don't want to fall. And there was something to just having a piece up there and just recognizing that like I literally could not care any less about what was going on in my past and, and,
1: or the future.
2: It was natural. And then
1: if, and then if you're being honest, E, like certain tasks, right, require so much attention so much physical strength and ability and concentration that you might not have made it up to the top. If you was thinking about, yeah, you know, even the difficulty of the tasks. you know what I mean? Like certain sure. things. And that's why I think certain things are, 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 are beneficial, right? Like that's why I think for some people going to the gym, like when they have a challenging workout and those things really gives them that relief from their day. Right. Because you got to really immerse yourself in it, you know, and focus on it physically and mentally, um, which requires, again, you can't re- exist in two states. Right. So you can't be. You can't be caught up and totally focused on your day and totally focused on your workout. It just doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? So um,
0: it was also it seems like it was like a form of mindfulness once you really got into that zone, because you are paying attention to that particular task in a certain particular way, right? Once you got to that certain point, like you said, you heard the music, but it wasn't like, you know, it was, it was just kind of maybe like background noise because you were focused on getting to that goal once you got to a certain state. And that's a lot of what mindfulness is. It's paying attention without judgment. So as opposed to you weren't looking around, worrying about like, all right, if I'm falling, I'm gonna do this thing. It's like, I'm up here at this certain point. Now I have to, I'm focused strictly on that Forget everything else. It's getting to that point. And like you said, you know, you're paying attention just to that particular aspect for that particular thing. And, and it, it's an amazing, an amazing type of phenomenon that you just described and what a lot of people experience when they're trying to achieve a certain task or that goal, especially in the realm of exercise.
2: You know, again, I, I think part of the joke there, too, is as you get higher up there, you're closer to the speakers. There you go. So, <laughs> so the music was probably even kicking up or like, oh, okay. But it, it was like it's like kind of like playing chess in that situation, you know. Like at that point, there's just like a real concentration on one thing and you just can't be anywhere else. Like you were saying. And, you know, I, again, I think it kind of comes back to like some people in like say a basketball game, you know, when you're when you're dishing, when you're when you're in there, like there could be other things going on. Someone could be in the gym, but you're really just focused in on your task. And what's crazy is you ever just grab like a steel or you do something like that. And it's almost like you might've practiced something, you might've worked on it, but if you do something just right, you have this sort of unconscious uh, competence. And I think that that's one of the cool things about working out regularly. And I'll say this, I may have an idea of what I think like great technique is and what great training is and that type of thing. But one of the cool things I would say to somebody who might have anxiety is, if you're willing to put the time into this, there gets a point where when you come to the gym, even when a task is hard, you're, it's almost like, it's almost as thoughtless sometimes when you're trading as it is like to drive over there. Like there are times where you ever drive the car and like you get somewhere and like, you don't even know like, Oh,
1: I'm already, yeah, you, don't even, you don't even know you got there.
2: Yep. And the gym can sometimes be that way. Now, granted, some of your training you want to be more challenging than that, but on some of the days where somebody is totally burnt out, and uh, and and let's say they're at that point, sort of exhausting all of the mental ability that they have at that moment to be able to do, it, like they just they can't really think much more. There's something great about doing something that you've done regularly, and just knowing that you can get through it, and it almost costs no extra energy in my world. Building up your tendons for a runner to be able to strike properly and use tendons instead of using muscles for your run form, right, is what allows you to not waste energy and be able to run all day. It's kind of like the same thing. If you don't have to think too much about it, Mm -hmm. it's not going to cost as much energy to do the process, yet you'll still get the reward of all those great endorphins. So that's where sometimes just, well, signing up for a class sometimes does that, right? come in show up and a lot of times before you know it it can just be over because you're letting a professional put you through it and at this point you just you don't have to think too much so for some people who have anxiety about i don't know what to do sometimes a class is just a great option and and particularly going with a friend to a class right you know your friend's got your back like you should be hanging out with someone you know has got your back so if you go with a friend to a class who does something now they're going to take you through it and most people are going to want you to like the same thing they like too so they're going to probably try to make the experience better. And and chances are the individual who's in the class is going to see someone new. They're going to want them to like it. So that might be a great way to kind of ease the process as well. So maybe like a boxing class uh, or something of that nature might be good.
0: Cool. Eric, man, you didn't hit it every on every marker, brother. Right, we appreciate it, man. You got some time to hang out with us on some non exercise related topics. You want to get in on this? Oh, without a doubt, man. This is fun for me. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Cool. Listen. All right. So, you know, what's as popular as exercise or even maybe even more popular than exercise? Anybody want to guess? Pizza. Okay, pizza, Twitter. Exactly. Social media. All right. Social (laughs) media, guys. All right. So listen, more young Americans are hoping to capitalize on the rise of social media by getting paid to sell products, much like their favorite celebrities. All right. So according to a new study. Conducted by market research company Morning Consult, 86% of people that are from uh, that are age 13 to 38 would like to become a social media influencer. All right. And out of those that participated in this particular study only 12% considered themselves to be influencers already. All right. So this is what we're looking at, right. When we're talking about like the impact of the uh, social media influencers. All right. While a lot of the companies that are behind a lot of the apps, um, that we just talked about, like Twitter, Instagram, all these other different apps. Now they typically don't pay people to use their platform. However, now if the person can generate enough of a following, um, on these pop labs, the brands will pay them to post an advertisement on their behalf. Right. And this has become like very lucrative for a lot Mm -hmm. of people. Right. And for anyone that has like hundreds of thousands or millions of followers, listen, there are some influencers, right. That have, that have up to a million followers that can get up to like $10,000 per post, right. Depending on the platform. So like, if you're at like 1 million followers and up, and you're getting into that territory. You can charge up to like a hundred thousand dollars, right, to promote, right? Some people are getting two hundred and fifty grand a post, like especially if it's like on YouTube or one of those. Like if you're an influencer, like in the gaming industry, I mean these these folks are making bank. So this is becoming more the trend between, like you said, that thirteen to thirty eight. Jay, what's what's your take on this? On this growing popular social media trend, the the, the influencer.
1: My take is probably going to make me sound like a hater, oh. right? Oh, but man. what I will tell you is this. What I'm going to tell you is this. I, all right, this is, this is what we're seeing is the impact of technology, right? Of course, you know, um, people are able to w- work from home, make money from their phone, become millionaires from their phone, secure generational wealth through their phone, essentially, right? But I'm going to be very honest as a 40 year old man who has crossed through like a few decades in terms of influence, you know what this made me think of, and and this is going to be a wild reference. Oh Wow.
0: Here we go. We ready, ready for it.
1: But remember Biggie when he was like, either you slinging crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot. Remember that? Yep. The reason why it made me think of that is because in the nineties, right. We used to see all these kids that it would be like, we would be like, you, the the trope would, would be or or the or the um saying would be in my household, a lot of households is basketball and rapping, like blah, 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 blah. You gotta get your education, right? Social media is the new that is my whole is my whole point, right? You don't see kids telling you they want to be basketball players no more. I don't see kids running up on me trying to sell me their album anymore. Now everybody has a podcast and now everybody is an influencer and everybody's trying to go viral. So that's why it made me think of that because in the '90s, where everybody wanted to be Shaq or Allen Iverson, you know, or whoever, or you know what I mean, or Biggie or Pac. Now everybody wants to be Kylie Jenner, you know. So that's point. just what it, that's that's what it made me think about.
0: Um, Eric, what you think? What's what's your take on this? Uh, the social media influencer crave that that's going through.
2: Well, just let you know how brilliant corporations are right think about it they create a product and then they find a way to create an audience to join that product right so basically they create this thing you go to it and you want to put your stuff because realistically you want to get attention one way or the other right and then you get enough people there and they're like oh i got an idea so i got this product which is people and what if we pull other corporations in and we say listen if you guys want to join this cool thing that we have here you guys gonna have to work something into this right like i don't know how we're gonna do it but financially and all like you know it's gonna cost some money you're gonna pay for some posts you're gonna have to do all this other stuff but we're gonna let you then start to advertise to people so we're gonna have you pay money and then be able to advertise to people and then you get corporations on, say, like Instagram, who are always trying to sell you stuff. But what's cool is those corporations were so smart, they said, we're going to get our money back. What we're going to do is we're going to say, if you buy our stuff and post in our stuff, you might be able to get a discount. You might be able to get a free shirt. We're
1: going right? to get, get our money get back. You your
2: friends to buy something. <laughs> That's it, right? And then you're like, oh, well, I like free shirts, right? So then you start posting like crazy, trying to get your friends to buy it. And, like, if you can build yourself up enough and get enough business to them, they'll throw you a little something. That was, to me, worse than when you used to sell candy back in the day. And if you sold enough candy, you could get a little prize or whatever. Right, it right, is. right, right. You, right. Might, yeah, you, you know, might get a right, little trinket. Yeah.
0: You might you might right. get a trip to the mall or a pizza or a pizza party.
2: That,
1: that's a good analogy, though.
2: Yeah, it was, it was worse than when you went to, like, Dave and & Buster's and all, and you spent all your money and all. Next thing you know, you get one of those, like, you know, like you know, basketballs you could get now at five below and all, but if you right. like, if you got your parents, to give you 50 bucks and you spend enough on there, you've got to get that. It's just like, I think in a lot of ways, they've come up with the conclusion that if they can get you to feel like you might be the one in a million, uh, you know, influencer, then you got a chance. And like you said, you got a lot of people. I mean, here's the crazy thing. There are people showing off pictures that should probably only go to the most important people in their life they're throwing that on Instagram and they've got like uh, 200 likes and they've got like uh, maybe 3000 followers. I'm thinking like you're giving it away and you're not going to get to that level. It it just, to me, it seems kind of sad.
0: You know, I I look at it, man, like one, that was a a great analogy that you made. Um, But Jay, you know what? I'm I see your point, but at the same time, I'm not mad at them. You know, I am mad I, at them because I see it, I see it as they're finding another way, or like you said, especially with COVID, of how things people realize okay, you know what, doing the nine to five is not the same that I don't have to do it, right? People became creative and finding other different ways to generate any type of income. And you know what? People are using it. They, they, they're looking at especially that particular age demographic, right? It's easier. Why should I go to school when you got folks that are like, what's the bull's name? Mr. Beast, right? He's pulling down 54 million. You got the Jake Paul. He's pulling 45 million a year. Logan Paul pulling in 18 million. Right. And they're just doing stuff that you would do with your friends. Right. The stupid stuff that a lot of them used to do that we used to do growing up, right? And we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have like the camera, you know. But a lot of the stuff that they're doing, they were just recording themselves, doing dumb First. stuff. Now, of course, if they've, you know, it's been, you know, expanded to a whole you know, another dangerous, stupid level, like Eric alluded to, as far as putting things that probably don't need to be shared. But if you're putting something out there, you got people that are going to like it, right? You have more demographic that are doing the same, that are like-minded. And guess what? They're like, look, I I can get paid for it. And best believe, you know, the company, if they're paying somebody like 2 million, right? Or they're paying someone 100,000 to advertise, we all know that the, imagine what the, the company itself is making. So even though they're shelving that out, we know what they're getting back in return is tenfold, right? So, but a lot of kids are seeing this as the easier way, as opposed to, you know what, I'm what I gotta go to college for. Why am I gonna go go out and actually get a a job at a nine to five or some other place (laughs) to do work? No, I got my cell phone, I could just record this, you know. And that, that gives that 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 pipe dream of like, yo, I could do this, I can get paid for it for just being me.
1: Well, listen, bro it's the gift and the curse, right? Because it evens the playing field a little bit, right? Because a kid that maybe does not have the resources, right? Or the opportunities can have a great idea and an iPhone, right? And change his whole situation, right? So so in that standpoint, it's great, right? right? You can have somebody in a remote part of the country, a disadvantaged area, right, that can have access to information or people or whatever interview, you know, that they might not be able to have. Right. You know, we are professionals and we are trained to see down the street and around the corner and see the angles. And the only issue I see with this is it's the reason why I call this the microwave generation. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Because everything is fast. Right. If you want to talk to a girl, you jump in her DMs and and you can respond. She may respond to you in two seconds, right? People are are uploading videos and becoming viral sensations overnight, right? So I what I think, and this is anecdotal, right? But what I'm starting to see play out with 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 our young people is you are starting to see them have challenges handling things, either following through, right, or handling things where they are forced to deal with their feelings in person, yeah, right? And and those are the downsides I see, especially with the microwave part. That's why I call them the microwave generation because if it ain't done in three minutes, they give up.
0: Well, uh, a a result of that is because anyone that's successful, right, because you really have to really get into like the framework of this. In order for you to have this many followers, in order for you to maintain them, you have to constantly put out content, right? It's not like you can just do one video and then it blows up. Okay. You're going to get some followers, but then you have to continue putting it out. Like if you go to, if you go to any TikTok, you go to Instagram, you go to any of these other different platforms, you're going to, you're going to see the people that have the largest followings have videos damn near every day. Right. right? right. Because like you said, it's a microwave. You will be forgotten if you don't put stuff out. Okay, that's a fact. Like like your followers, so you have they have to get. They're so immersed in putting out this content, whether it be thirty seconds, three minutes, fifteen seconds. But like you mentioned, Jay, like you're so immersed in what's happening and me putting out this content that what's happening, like when an issue takes place in the real world, you're not really socially equipped to do it, right? There are some deficits as far as like you're you're functioning because you've been so immersed in handling things, you know via whatever on your phone or via in social media. And that's where you said, like I said, that's where the pitfalls come from because you're so concerned in dealing with that because you got to do something just to stay relevant that you've kind of disassociated yourself from when things happen in reality or these like actual intense emotions you don't know how to handle it. So that's why we start to see people putting out their emotions and things that are usually be reserved for like like intimate moments or intimate right. feelings <laughs> I'm putting it out here, right? I'm ha- I'm having a crisis <laughs> so I got I got to record it. <laughs> you know, because they're they're used to doing everything online and social media.
1: I I just don't get it. Like I I don't know if it's a reflection of lack of support or if this is just something that I just don't understand in terms of like, I don't understand going through like a painful situation and turn and going on live.
0: That's where the support
2: is coming from. Jay. Yeah. I was going to say that. That's the (laughs) interesting thing. When you get some of these kids, again, I get a chance to work with a lot of these kids and you know, again, like I would be more likely to want to talk to one of my friends in person. Right. But most of them are so used to just texting their friends back and forth. Right. And like, They're like texting. Sometimes they don't even see their friends like that. And then like, if you're regularly on like live or you're regularly doing videos and that just feels comforting to you, like in a lot of ways, you just want to put your thing up there and then get your, you know, for a lot of these kids, it might be like a thousand likes or something, you know, and get a bunch of DMs, wish you well, oh, just let me know if you're okay. Exactly. And, And again, it gets like, you get that positive affirmation from that, right? you know, again, it's like for guys like us, we, you know, we don't use it as much. You know, I have to use it in the fitness industry, but I don't love it. You know, um, I like being able to teach with it more, but you know, it's funny if you do something special and you get, you know, a hundred plus likes or something. And then a bunch of people write like, Hey, congratulations or something feels good. And you know what you're checking your phone. You're like, oh, okay. Remember like, Facebook, when you first got it, and all of a sudden you hit a birthday, and you had like three hundred people tell you you like happy birthday, and you're like, yeah. man, I'm
1: awesome, you know, like, <laughs> I'm
2: right. having a great day, you know, and uh, and I think that's sort of what it is. So yeah, that would be the one thing I would say is, even though I don't totally get it, and I think in a lot of ways, some of the kids, I'm just going sort of a little bit off topic, but some of the kids I work with have a hard time with in-person communication mm-hmm. because a lot of what they do is so virtual. So they're great with virtual. Like, and they can, they could teach you a few things, but when it comes down to eye contact handshake um, and just even reading people, it's much harder for them to do that. And, you know, and also like, I think we were saying too, for some of these kids, it's like hard for them to recognize since everything happens so fast that like uh, sometimes bad things happen and it takes a little while for it to clear. So they're like very emotional and, you know, I know you have to get through it in different ways, but sometimes, uh, you know, for as many times as you're going to have good things go on, you have to kind of learn and develop a little bit of a toughness for the fact that sometimes things aren't going to go exactly how you want it. And, and sort of build a resiliency that way. And you, know, and, you know, you have to do it your own way, I guess. But but I do think that that is one of those things that for us, it might have been a while. till you know, something bad happened at home. You might have to wait until you got to school to really be able to get the support system. These kids, if something bad happens immediately, they can go on with a thousand of their best friends.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, it's the gift and the curse because because there's like you said, you know, that support is right there, you know. Um, So that's that could be a benefit. But then it's also right there. So, So when you need space, it might not that might not be afforded to you. So I don't know, man. I don't know what the right answer is, but it's a good perspective. I
2: just think, you know, listen, the money's there, so we get that. If we're going to go back to that kind of concept at all, it's a good thing that if, uh, you know, someone can make money, uh, that's great. But at the same time, as you were kind of describing, it kind of goes back to LeBron James thing. If LeBron James is worth $100 million to an owner, how much does the owner really make off of LeBron James? Right. And it comes back to that. So if you're an influencer and even if you're getting, you know, let's say you found a way to make a million dollars a year, you're probably generating a lot of revenue for that. Oh, yeah! Um, it's almost never that you're the one winning. So in a lot of ways, it's still a pyramid scheme. And that's you're what never, I'll
1: go back to. You're, you're absolutely right. And you're never winning because think about it. Think about the business model where I create a platform and it is your job, right? You join the platform and then it is your job. How you become popular is to go viral and advertise my platform a million times, seven million times. Check every, my post out. Check my post out. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Like, Yo, anytime. Tell me about goes it. No, no, no. You got to see my post and then like it and then share it. Somebody goes viral on YouTube 17 million times. Like, YouTube is happy. Like, they're not. YouTube yeah, we'll, is happy. Yeah,
0: we'll throw you a little something because we're,
1: we're getting all this. Yeah, we're going to bring you into the ad revenue program <laughs> and give you a $5 check every month. For, the, for all of those 20 million views. It's right? right. you can tell everyone you're an
2: you're an influencer. Now you can use that in your title. You're an influencer.
1: Yeah. Do a big yeah, thing because, because think about it, right? And you know the fix is in because people take the popularity, it's like anything else, right? All the rappers get ripped off in their record labels but they make money touring, right? So Instagram, you're going to get ripped off cuz you're going to advertise their platform, make them go you know, make them go viral, and then you're gonna make your real money by other people who aren't as famous saying, "Here, here's two thousand dollars. Post me." You know, right. so but Instagram gonna get their money out you first. It's a pyramid scheme, you know. Absolutely, yeah, that's that's
2: it. You know, and it's funny. I like how they created too. Like when someone told me about Instagram at first, I didn't join right away because I wasn't that into it. But also, they're like, "Yeah," and then you have followers, and I'm like, "Huh? Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> that sounds terrible." Follow so
2: me where me. <laughs> yeah. I'll like, never say that. I have followers, you know. And then all of a sudden, they're like, "No, but like you're like a personality, so you'll have followers." And I'm like, "But like, didn't Facebook say I had friends? So these people aren't my friends or my followers. <laughs> they're yeah, you because they you you're like a leader and like it's kind of like you're a celebrity. And Like, and I was like, I, I was never trying to be this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, crazy. I don't know, it is. Like, it's,
2: it's, and how it goes, you know? It's, it's wild before we
0: get out of here all right speaking of viral being and jay a lot of people were hitting me about this so i figured we had to just discuss this and and get this out the way um your buddy jesse smollett man all right oh man yeah all right so just to give a brief overview of jesse smollett from empire fame for most people who are aware of uh or familiar with Mm -hmm. jesse smollett all right so A couple years ago, January 29th, 2019, Jesse Smollett stated that he was assaulted by two men who were yelling racial and and homophobic slurs. He said the two men had put a noose around his neck and poured unknown substance on him, according to the, the police report that he made. And after that, celebrities, politicians and advocacy groups rallied behind the actor. All right. So police, of course, did their due diligence. They did an investigation And, uh, they analyzed the video and all the other evidence a month later, the police department came out and they said that Smollett had allegedly paid two brothers that he had known, Mm -hmm. uh, 3,500 to stage the attack and to take advantage of the pain and anger of racism to promote his career. So on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So after his arrest, Smollett apologized, you know, to the show for any embarrassment to anybody and such. However, he maintained that he was innocent. Okay. Now, in February 2020, a grand jury indicted him for making false reports and he appeared in court. He pleaded not guilty. All right. Fast forward these next two years, he was going through all these different legal proceedings. And here we are. Right. So a couple months ago, Smollett, he was sentenced to 30 months probation for fabricating a racist and homophobic hate crime against himself. Um, and so the judge had ordered him to spend 150 days, which is about five months of that pro uh, that 30 month probation in jail. All right. So to say again, up to this point, he's True. continued to maintain his innocence. And if you saw the video from his court sentencing, I mean, to say that he said it and has conviction regarding his proclaimed innocence would be an understatement. All right. So when he when the judge was announcing his sentence, um, this is what he said. He said, uh, I would like to say that, your honor, I'm not suicidal. That's what I would like to say. All right. I'm not suicidal. I'm innocent. I'm not suicidal. If I did this, then this means that I stuck to my first fears of black Americans in this country for over 400 years and the fears of the LGBT community. Your honor, I respect you. I respect the jury, but I did not do this. I'm not suicidal. And if anything happens to me when I go in there, I did not do it to myself. And you must all know that I respect your decision. Jail time. I'm not suicidal. And that's how they let him off. OK, so, Jay, okay. as this whole thing okay. unfolded, uh, what what's your your, you know, your your opinion and kind of take away from even as this right. thing was an ongoing saga?
1: I'm going to make this short and sweet. Right. Jesse Smollett is not going to get any sympathy from me. He's guilty. He's been convicted. Right. He wasted a lot of people's time and money. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, First of all, I think he should do the whole five months. Mm -hmm. right. I really think he should do more time than that because we're talking about somebody making a mockery of a federal hate crime. Right. I think. Honestly, he's not my client. He's never been in my chair. So this is pure speculation, but I think there's a lot deeper issues and problems going on with him. Right? This he has he has a lot going on beneath the surface internally um, that he needs to deal with, right? Because he used his position and his fame, right? You have made it to a position that a lot of people will never rise to, no matter how hard they try, right? And him being famous, him having being financially stable, it wasn't enough. He wanted attention so bad, right, that he would use his race as an African-American male and his status as a member of the LGBT or his, as identify, identifying as part of the LGBTQ community and manipulate both things. Right. And think about this. There was a noose involved in this crime. Right. So this guy has no credibility. Right. And he went, and to, the, he, he went the, to the
2: police and,
0: department with the noose around. His right. Neck and and, and I'm going to be very
1: it. honest. He should do the whole 30 months in jail because of the simple fact that we sit up here all day. Right. And we talk about justice. Right. And we talk specifically about people in communities that don't get justice. And here you have a guy. Right. Who takes his skin color. Right. It makes a mockery out of almost every all of the serious issues we've been talking about for a year. So I don't have much to say, but I have no sympathy for him. You know, I hope his career suffers greatly. Um, And I hope most people would think twice before standing next to him because he has some deeper issues going on.
0: Eric, what did you think as uh, you saw this playing out in the media? Any any thoughts?
2: Well, I think. uh he would have been a great influencer if he wasn't such a great actor. Because he bl- right. he definitely buys into his own shit. And it's right.
0: He's dying, he's dying on that hill, isn't
2: he? Oh my <laughs> god. I'm not suicidal, you know, like as if who's killing you? Like, you're not Epstein. You know, what's the
0: right? And that was like I'm like, did he does he think he was going for the <laughs> Epstein thing? Like no, yeah.
2: he thinks he's like the sacrificial lamb. For what? Like, I mean, bottom line is this. it's so frustrating for me because i look at it and i say like here's a dude like you just brought the noose right and like that's like one of the most screwed up things that has ever happened in in a history is feeling like somebody's so worthless that you can take their life and make an example of them like the idea that somebody died hanging like from anything and that basically it was like their family had to look at it, and everybody had to look at it as if they were such a piece of crap. Like that birds would be on it or something. Now, like to lead somebody up there. To me, it's the most one of the most despicable things that we could talk about. Now yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let me-
1: you I'm gonna let you finish, e, but that's I, I just want to underlie your point, right? That's why I brought it up, right? Because be- because the sign what it signifies, especially when you talk about America and American slavery. He knows what he was doing by bringing a noose into it. And I, and I and go ahead. You can finish your point. No, I thought it was
2: brilliant when you did bring it up, man. Like, it like it, it was funny. I don't know that I was going to go the noose direction until you said it. And, it like, it's so fucked up. I just felt like I kind of had to go there with it where I go, like, you know, you are the problem. You know, it's like I think the crazy thing is you ask kids, young kids, you see that guy over there? Half the time they don't explain, oh, he's a black kid. Oh, he's a Puerto Rican kid. They don't even say it. You know, so what's crazy is these young kids are coming up, not even pushing race. Right. And you got kids that are actually saying that they actually are identifying with different sexualities kind of early on. And kids are putting up with it, not only putting up with it, but accepting it and being friends with them. And like our generation. So screwed up. We're like, oh, yeah, they're a little soft nowadays. Like, yeah. But you know what? They're kind of better. Like they don't see it that way. If this guy has the nerve to, to, to take the ugliest parts of society and create a false narrative, and create an enemy when there are actually some people that are screwed up enough out there that do this, yet he created a false one and then put that out there when really, most of us,
1: right, we're all hanging, right? We don't want to see this ever. So, well, this is the part, a false scenario that was terrible. This is the part, yeah, he, is I, the mean, part I don't understand. It's so many, like, we have so many regular examples, right? So, With so many regular, like, what? that's why I said there's something deeper going on, because if he wanted to champion an issue, he could have jumped behind. It's a bunch of different issues that he could have jumped behind in terms of that, that, that are plaguing the African-American community and the LGBTQ community without making up a hate crime.
0: And that was the thing, Jay, like he, that that's the so unfortunate part with it, is that he weaponized like three different marginalized groups right because if you look at it like he went through he went through the court system his family was saying oh well you know he's being kept in the psych ward he's at risk for self-harm and so on and so forth here's the thing he went into it one you did it, as far as with the race situation right you weaponized each group you go into court right after there's been evidence Right. Showing you're going in, you're buying the supplies, the people are testifying against you, so on and so forth. Right. You're still dying on that hill. Right. You're still sticking to the lie. And then you get in the middle of the courtroom saying, I'm not suicidal. So now you're marginalizing the mental health aspect of it right now. You're you're it's like, yeah, you know what? When you if you go to jail, there are going to be some people upset with you, because like you said, the people that look like you, people that look like me, you got folks that are actually like, again, being, you know, they're Their lives are being caused just by their sexual orientation. You got people with mental health that are being discriminated against. And you threw out all of them cards. Right. You got on your soapbox in the middle of the courtroom. Your Honor, I'm not suicidal. I'm so on and so forth. Right. All these different. Yeah. You know what? A lot of these groups, people that belong to these particular groups are going to be very upset with you. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you know what? Maybe you you should absolutely be feeling a little stressful. You should be in fear because you're going into an area where you've offended a lot of people. So understandably right. so. And what you're talking about, yeah, you're so, yeah. No, you should be stressed out. You feel you should be anxious. As I do. You need to get to a point where, listen, apologize for whatever this was, and let it go. You've already destroyed your career. You're you're dying on this hill for what?
2: Right. Well, and you the term I would to use is- people off. The term I would use is he'd actually have to own up to it, which means he'd have to probably, in his own mind, be willing to accept that he's every bit of this needy, kind of like sad person. And like, he'd kind of like, think about it. That's a tough thing to own up to. Like, if that, if everyone was like, you're full of shit, and he was like, you know what? You're right. Like, I just was trying to be popular. Like, I was looking for a thing. And clearly, this industry has just warped me in a different way. It would be hard to come off as a champion of that, but maybe in a way, like with some time, that's it. But think about it. It really was such a cooked up, heinous thing that it's kind of hard to be the one to actually admit to that. Like, it's like if you were drunk driving and you hit a kid (laughs) and killed him, that would be a hard thing to do. But at least you could blame it on the alcohol. Right, that's the thing that but he went so big,
0: (laughs) Eric. So he went so big with this this this, like dude. You could like Jay, (laughs) you mentioned you could have went a different route, right? If you wanted to further your career, but you went so big and said, you know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna play the 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 race card, I'm gonna play the sexual orientation card, I'm gonna put like dude. Bro, this
1: dude just threw a whole bunch of spaghetti at the wall to see your stuff. Yeah.
0: You see what I mean? So after left a big mess, a gigantic mess, right? Made a giant mess and now it's like now you can't walk it back, but it's like you're just continuing to exacerbate the issue by by dying on this hill and not letting the lie go. And this is how you can tell, like, you're not a good liar, okay? You can tell no. that you, you you are not a good liar, and then you decide to lie big, which is like one of the, the worst things that any liar can do. Right, yeah, man. and 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 so now we have an update. So last week, after uh, a less than less than a week in jail, <laughs> right? <No. laughs> About like he was released by an Illinois court Um that cut short his 150 day sentence pending oh, an appeal, my god. And such. So he's at home.
1: Oh my god,
2: <laughs> he's, he, listen, he's at home. Listen, the president like, so right? Like, we don't want to look at him anymore. Wins again,
1: privilege wins again. Yeah, right. And 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 listen. I I, just, I don't get it, man. Yeah. Like, I, like certain people need to be made an example of. Like, and and this. <laughs> yeah, it's just listen. Really people un- are getting more time for stealing PPE checks, bro. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah. man. And I'm, I'm, I'm leave glad you that. brought that story up. You know, I think it's again. I've, it's it's such an easy story to talk about, and again, uh, it, it's just really a shame. I mean, it I think is. that's really it's, what it is his life is what it is, right? Like you do your own thing, but I just think it in with maybe this is a whole media thing too. In general, it's the fact that the media loves sinking their teeth into this crap too. Right. You think about it from a journalism standpoint, they hear this thing. And of course they want to go right into it. And then it turns out that like he gave them everything that they wanted. And then they were happy to push it. And it's funny because once it got exposed, they were willing to stay on that too. But it's just one of those things that goes to show that we'd rather promote some of the most awful things that happen in society instead of trying to give people the idea that, hey, things are actually getting better in life. Right.
1: Hey, Eric, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but I'm half not kidding. Have you watched the news lately <laughs> in terms of them having a positive story? If Never. You're not watching, if you're not watching sports then the news is all negative, right? Like I listen
2: to to breaking points, right? And I feel like they give me decent news, but I'm going to agree. Even them, who I feel like they do a good job of covering what's actually happening, I know that most of it is sort of done in a way that's designed to be able to give you uh, make you feel something. And you're totally right. I think the news is designed to make you feel something. You're right. If you're not watching say sports or something, where it's still designed to make you feel something, right? But it's a little bit of a different thing. I agree. I think, you know, that's, that's, that's a giant problem. And that's sort of what allows a guy like him to be able that's the, the, uh, the atmosphere. That's the uh, the culture that allows a guy like this to be able to pull something like this so easily without people trying to validate it first, because we all thought it was terrible and hated what happened to him. And then when we found out he's the one who cooked it up, it was like, wait, hold on.
1: Really? There's no way. I think think that's part of what, what makes people angry right because if you look at the climate of this country right now it's the wrong tree to bark up it's just the wrong tree to bark up and and for you to to come trying to throw gasoline on that fire it makes you irresponsible ignorant to me and desperate for attention i'm gonna leave it there there you go exactly
0: eric man listen We talked about a lot, bro. You were very helpful, very insightful on a lot of this stuff, man. I couldn't imagine. And thank you, a more picture-perfect guest. We appreciate you making the time, my guy. Um, Before we get out of here, anything you would like to promote, anything you want to put out there, go for it. Well,
2: I appreciate that. So, uh, you know, my Instagram is coach underscore Strassman, which I just put some videos out there from time to time if you want to get a better idea about the stuff that I do. But uh, I mean, the Zay fight's huge to me. Uh, we already talked about that, for W will at the 2300 Arena on Friday. Ice um, is fighting the next day if uh, you want to come out to AC. If you guys are AC guys, uh, you know, I could probably get some info for that. But um, but no, nah, look, I, I just think for me, this was a lot of fun. And, you know, I would love to be able to talk a little bit more, maybe about, um, you know, maybe linking strategies that we could come up with that help people see certain things through. I mean, I just think it's great to be able to, you know, have – you guys who have uh, so much experience with this together. And, you know, one of the things I didn't get a chance to really get into with you guys, but I think is really important is I would love to better understand uh, some of the grounding techniques for, say, anxiety. Because when we were talking about anxiety, I get some clients of mine that want to train for, um, you know, want to train and they hope it helps with anxiety. But I really think it would be amazing to be able to come up with some cool systems that uh, a person could do on their own at home and, and build those things. because. I think those two things work really uh, well together. And I think that that's something that I felt ill-equipped to be able to help people with. But I know enough about it to feel like that's something over time that if a person can take care of here and they can take care of things before it gets too bad, then they may not even have to get on some of the medication that I think sometimes is like over-prescribed because I think there's a feeling that the person won't be able to see the things through on their own that they have to do. So you might as well give them the drugs to treat it. And and yeah, that is a feeling of mine right there.
0: Cool. I'm with it. With it.
2: So yeah, I'd love to do another one of these, or even if I uh even just pick your brain, it'd be great. That's cool. Jay,
0: anything yeah. else before we get out of here, good brother?
1: Um, just you know, as usual, we want to thank anybody who takes the time to listen. Um, we appreciate it. Um, please continue to like, share the videos, um, leave comments, and of course, you know, send us suggestions. We appreciate it. Um, and as always, you know, remember to prioritize your mental health.
0: Absolutely. Eric, again, appreciate you coming on, making the time for us. Good, bro. My pleasure. Thank you.
2: All right. All right, Jack. There we go. See All right. Later, man. We're